0: Our Christmas Gospel according to the witness of St. Luke, the second chapter. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be enrolled. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be enrolled with Mary to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her son, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people, for to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors." The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. Well, I know that many of you delight in these sweet reunions as sons and daughters are once again home from college and grad school. Welcome home. And I know that many of the uh, younger voices I hear tonight, these boys and girls, are very happy to have their winter break from school, both private and public. But Christmas is still a time for learning. And we're going to do some learning tonight, not just to gain knowledge, but my prayer is that we would grow in wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but spiritual wisdom. So tonight we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about vocabulary and history and I promise you there will not be a test. But boys and girls, boys and girls, I want you to listen very carefully, and tonight you can ask your moms and dads and your grandparents if they were paying attention about what you learned. Let's start with vocabulary. Did you know that the word goodbye is a contraction? It is a shortened form of a phrase, God be with you. When you say goodbye to someone, you are really blessing them. God be with you. And isn't it ironic that even atheists, probably unbeknownst to them, are saying, God be with you. (laughs) I'm in that season of life where I now look forward to uh, sleepovers with my grandsons. I had lots of sleepovers with my four daughters when they were living at home, but now I have grandsons two at a time, Carson and Landon, who come to visit. And the other morning as we were sitting at the table enjoying their favorite breakfast, you know what boys like, double fudge Pop-Tarts. We were talking about breakfast, and one of them said, Bapa, why do we call it breakfast? And I had a chance to share my wisdom. As grandfathers are wont to do. You know the answer, don't you? You break the fast. Some of you have been told by your physician, no, I need you to fast, don't eat overnight before you go in to give blood. I need you to fast before you go in for surgery, don't eat. So in the morning, we break the night fast. We end it by finally eating, having not taken nourishment since we went to bed. My grandsons thought I was just brilliant. (laughs) So far, so good. You may not know it, but Christmas is a contraction too. We are here tonight for the Christ Mass. Now our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters have no problem with that. They go to Mass every week to worship the Lord. They call their service Mass. And I find it very ironic that even tonight, Southern Baptists are going to Mass. The Christ Mass where we worship God, the living God. And in truth, we are called to this Christ Mass, this worshiping of the Lord every day, not just Sundays and certainly not just during holidays, holy days. So to all the people, and you might be one of them, who say, I wish it could be Christmas all year long. Well, it can be. (laughs) Every day you can love God, worship God, honor God by your life, by your daily ministry and witness No one is stopping you. (laughs) Even though Christ Mass means worshiping Christ, which we do as Christians 24-7, 365 days a year, we know that this contraction has come to signify this time of the year, this Christmas, this time when many at least know that we're celebrating the birthday of Jesus annually. And here's where the history comes in now that we've covered vocabulary. The Christian church has not claimed, never has, that we know with certainty that Jesus was born the 25th of December. We, We don't know when Jesus was born. The 25th of this month was chosen by Christians long ago to remember the birth of Christ, and it wasn't an arbitrary decision. Here's how it happened. Some of you know this really interesting history. The Romans, the pagans, had a festival this time of year. They called Saturnalia. It took place every December. It was the Feast of the Sun. They believed that the sun, that's S-U-N, was dying every winter, and only by their pagan rituals and sacrifices, sometimes even of humans, could the sun, S-U-N, be born again, and the days begin to lengthen. Our Christian ancestors knew of Saturnalia, and they decided to take it and make it their own, not worshiping the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, the living Son of God, who died once, never to die again, whose light shines eternally. I think it's just fascinating. They took the pagan winter celebration and turned it into a celebration of the truth of the one God and Father of us all who sent his Son, Jesus Christ. So even though we don't know the exact date, it is a biblical truth, and it's a wondrous truth, that Christ... The Word was made flesh incarnate, born among us, fully God while fully man at the same time. And because He was born, and because His birth is the fulfillment of God's Word and the beginning of God's plan of salvation, it is good and it is fitting that we celebrate Jesus' birthday and give thanks to the Father for the precious, singular gift of the Savior. Now, some of you are familiar with people who claim to be Christian and they're really angry that we're here tonight in fact they think that we're committing a sin by celebrating the birth of Jesus they don't think we should ever do that because we don't know the exact date and so we shouldn't mark any time of year in honor of his birth I think that's their loss I think it's their great loss I remember a family not too long ago that decided that they wanted to adopt. They had tried to conceive without success. And so they decided to adopt a beautiful little girl. They don't know if this baby was three, four, five months old. But because of her size, her length, and her body weight, um, the medical team guessed that she was about that old but no one could be sure so they decided that her birthday would be celebrated every year on the day that they brought her home and she became a living part of that family of three every year her going home day was her birthday as the parents gave thanks to God for the privilege of welcoming this beautiful little child into their home it was a right thing and a loving thing to do Wouldn't it have been sad, and I dare say even cruel, if those parents had said to their daughter when she finally could understand, since we really don't know the day you were born with certainty, we're not going to celebrate your birthday. No cake for you, sweetie. No cards, no singing, no presents. Uh, How could any loving parent do that? Of course they wanted their daughter to have a birthday. It was the good thing to do. So we celebrate the birth of Christ annually, as we celebrate our own birthdays annually, and we don't lose any sleep over the fact that we don't know the precise month or day that Jesus was born. An agnostic friend of mine, and you should not be surprised that the pastor has agnostic friends, how else shall we lead people to Christ who don't yet know him? I have plenty of friends who are agnostics. I have friends who tell me, and over again, they're atheists, and they always want to talk with me about God. And a friend of mine who claims to be an agnostic thought he had me on the theological ropes because he found out, I think online, that we Christians took Saturnalia and made it into uh, our celebration. But he didn't know the history. And when I told him the history of how those early Christians saw what the pagans around them were doing and then over time made that a celebration of the true Son of God, he started to appreciate their creativity, their innovation. And remember, the Christians who lived in that Roman Empire, uh, they didn't live in a culture that practiced tolerance or celebrated religious diversity. And the Romans did not create safe zones for the followers of Jesus Christ. They put them in the Colosseum where they were put to death. So we don't hide the fact that Christians long ago decided to give thanks for the Son of God when the dominant culture... The Roman Empire around them had been involved in a pagan ritual in observance of Saturnalia for eons. It is good to celebrate Christ. It is good to rejoice this Christmas. But we need to remember that our Christ Mass, our Christ Mass, is worshiping a living God, not just celebrating a birthday long ago. When I had my 59th birthday this past fall, my family was not focusing on what happened in October of 1957. They were focusing on me, 59-year-old me. Someone's supposed to say, you don't look that old. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for not saying you look older. (laughs) They were celebrating the Bruce who's alive here now. They didn't give me presence appropriate for a baby or even that teenager i once was so very long ago and we certainly remember the infant jesus in our beautiful songs tonight we celebrate the incarnation the word made flesh the miracle of it all but we are celebrating a living savior jesus christ born of mary crucified died buried and ascended which means he is alive Our Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger. He's risen, and he comes to us. Even as we come to this house of worship, he is the one who comes to us. He comes to be your Lord and mine. He comes to be your friend and your brother. And he comes to save you and save me from meaningless lives that simply end in the grave. He comes because he wants your life to have meaning and purpose and hope that stretches into eternity. And he wants you to learn from him what it means to be loving and generous and fully alive all by the power of his grace unleashed in your hearts and in your homes. When it comes to Christmas and the reason God sent Jesus, listen to these words. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So God sent a Savior, a Savior. That's what the angel said to the shepherds, a Savior, Christ the Lord, because of our great need. Those shepherds heard the words, don't be afraid, fear not. I've got good news for you. Listen to what God is doing. The angel had good news to share because Jesus is Savior. And that means he comes to save you. And I'm so thankful he came to save a sinner like me. A long time ago, when Kirsten and I, my wife, were newlywed, we had the privilege of meeting a man who was already a senior citizen by the name of Alvin Rognes. He was a Lutheran pastor and theologian. And by the time we met him, he was retired, living in the same community where I went to grad school. He and his wife knew my father-in-law, and they'd heard that Conrad and Pearl's baby daughter was now there in St. Paul a newlywed with her husband in his first year of pastoral training. They gave us these beautiful Christmas ornaments that were made out of olive wood for Jerusalem. I didn't have the heart to tell them that we didn't even have the money to buy a Christmas tree that first Christmas, but we received the gift. And I made sure we got a tree that next year by working a few extra hours at my part-time jobs. But it was Dr. Rognus who wrote a book called Captured by Mystery... I didn't read it until he'd been dead for many years. I wished I'd read it sooner so I could have thanked him for his wisdom. But I want you to think and tonight pray about what he's trying to tell us in these words from that book. Christmas tells the story of a God who so loved the world that he sent his only son to save it. And since God and the Son are really one, it was God himself who came. He came because he loves us. God came to earth. This news may be good, or it may be bad. For if God is an ogre, it is bad news. But if God be a savior, it is good. Now, if man does not want to be disturbed, let alone saved, it's bad news. If man yearns to escape his bondage and change his life then it's good news. It all depends on what kind of God we have and upon what sort of person I am. So remember this, God loves you even if you wish he'd never come. If you insist on ignoring him or denying him, he loves you still. But his love is a threat to you. Let him have a little corner of your heart and this God will plot to take the whole of it. Give him a bridgehead in your life and he will seek to invade the whole of your life. And you'll never be the same again when this love has captured you. So you'd better settle for Santa Claus if you want to continue your life unaltered. You'd better just sing about jingle bells instead of the little town of Bethlehem. And you'd better just exchange your gifts and drink your toasts, Then life can go on and on and on as before. But if you take this good news seriously and bend the ear to hear the glorious tidings of a God who loves, a God who saves, then you will come to know the Christmas story as the most beautiful and powerful message ever to reach the human race. And Christ will come to you, and you will never be the same Christ has come. He's coming again. And He comes for you now. And I hope and I pray this Christmas you'll never be the same. When you arise in the morning and enjoy your Christmas breakfast, when you break your night fast, remember Christ who came to fill you up with His mercy and grace to satisfy the hunger in your soul for true meaning and real love. Let your enjoyment of your meal, whatever it is, chocolate Pop-Tarts or egg bake or a breakfast burrito, I don't know, let that meal be your Christ Mass, another way of praising God and worshiping the Lord. And tonight when we say our goodbyes at the end of another beautiful Christmas Eve service, Returning to our individual homes. Remember, goodbye means God be with you. God be with you. The same God who came to be with us when Christ was born. The very same God who is with us now. And the God with whom we will be for all eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.